You are now listening to My Faithway Podcast. You can now find us on every major platform. And don't forget to visit our Facebook page with live services every Sunday at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you want to become a partner or simply make a one-time donation, please text the word FAITHWAY to 77977. Click send and you will receive a link for further instruction. Feel free to comment on our Facebook Live stream services or visit our page at myfaithway.org. Now let's experience life in a new way, the Faithway. Good morning, church. Good morning, church online. Welcome to Faithway uh, online stream. Welcome to 2023. Amen. How many of you guys have a lot of gratitude in your hearts to be here this morning? Amen, amen, amen. Let's give him a shout of praise. One more shout of praise. Can someone make some noise for him? Yeshua, Jesus, this is all for you. Well, as we come into this new year, you know, just as we shared, let's try not to forget all of the good things and all those memorials that uh, he has built for us this past year. And let's take it into remembrance and let's have that one goal. As you guys are trying to consider, okay, let's, let's make a goal, let's make a resolution to lose 30 pounds. Instead of doing something like that, let's choose, let's make three goals. And let, can one of them be to be closer to God? Can one of them be closer to God? So let's make that our number one and let's become closer to him. Let's study. Let's get into his word. Let's get together and, you know, let's be together as a church. And with this first announcement, this is your first opportunity where you can do this. And this is our family game night. We have um, a family game night. We did this once before um, pre-COVID. I don't know if you guys remember, but it was a lot of fun when we did this. Our families got together and we had um, lots of games competition. There's a lot of competitive people here in Faithway Church. So that always brings the fun to the table. Um, there was prizes. There's things for all ages and it's family fun. It's somewhere where you can come to get to know each other in the church and you can spend some time with your family at the same time. So I don't know if we have the the slide, but it's going to be Friday, um, January 6th at 6 p.m. It's going to be here in the church building. Um, there's a number of games that we're going to be doing. There's going to be prizes. So if you can just set your calendars and make this the first event um, successful that we have here at Faithway. This is going to be our first event of the, of the year, and we look forward to many, many events, and we look forward to lots of fellowship with you guys, and we just hope and we look forward to seeing you guys on Friday, January 6th at 6 p.m. Kids are staying in? Okay, so junior high ministry, you guys are staying in today. Um, but at this time, all of our other little ones, you sweethearts, you guys are dismissed. If this is your first time here, we have nursery here in the hallway foyer for our babies up to the age of three. We have preschool right uh, two doors down. Then we have our elementary students right next to um, the nursery kids. So you guys are dismissed. And let's give those little kids a, a round of applause. You know, this is our future generation. This is our future church. Amen. So at this time, let's go ahead and open up our hearts and get ready to see the way, the faith way. And if you have tuned in online, let us know where you're tuning in from. Well, good morning, everyone. Again, Happy New Year. Glory to God. Happy New Year. I got two happies back. Okay. I was kind of joking with Caden this morning. I said, if somebody tells me Happy New Year one more time. That's okay. It's okay. It's happy. Let's make it happy. Well, there's a lot on my, you can turn me down a little bit. There's a lot on my spirit, my heart, you know, just coming into this. 
Oh, by the way, Terry got sick. You're wondering why I'm up here and Terry's not. So he had a cold. He called me kind of last minute. Well, mid last week, he was, he was going to see if he got better. He was going to try to be here. It's kind of weird. This is the first service. Terry Mize hasn't been here. God, I don't know how many 20-something years. So it's kind of, bit, um, you know, it is what it is. I guess he was in Corpus. Anyway, he came down with a cold, and he called me, so we were hoping last minute he would show up, but it is what it is. So let's get into the Word this morning, and I want to just kind of share some things that, I've, that I'm praying and thinking about 2023. And I open your Bibles to Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40, verse 31. We'll, we'll kick it off there. And I want to talk to you this morning about developing hope. And I want to kind of approach it almost from a personal perspective. But 22, let's, okay, let's just show a raise of hands. How many kind of glad 22 is over? Anybody other than me? All right. You know, 22 was a, was a really interesting year for us. It was a year just rich in blessings. Um, family, I can't speak enough, you know, our family... I just love hanging out with everybody and the grandbabies and everybody. And, you know, the Cuba ministry really kind of went to, you know, all these years of working in Cuba. We really saw some things this year, especially November. It seems like all these years of plowing and plowing and plowing in Cuba, and we, you know, saw a breakthrough. So, so it was a lot of good things. You know, of course, the ministry with the Navajo Nation. Then, of course, our celebration and the honor that I received, not only from Elson and his family, but from the whole church. So it was, you know, it had a great, you know, highlights. <laughs> but, you know, at the front end of the year, and I'm, I'm not going to get a lot of detail. Most of you probably wouldn't know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, don't worry about it. I just want to kind of build into it as a, as, a, as a framework. So, you know, we were, our family has been dealing with something, you know, in, in the area of, you know, sickness and disease and so forth and so on. And, um, you know, we kind of knew what was going on, last, you know, 2021. 2022, but then in 2022, we finally got it, you know, diagnosed, and it really kind of helped me, I'm going to say it helped me at the beginning, because <laughs> it didn't help me at all, you know, it kind of set me in a place where I really had to look at a lot of stuff that I believed, you know, and find out where God was in the mix, and where all these things were, and what was happening, so I don't know, most of you might have not perceived it, so I'm just looking forward to 2023, but 2020, last year, you know, 2022 was kind of a interesting year for me. Even, you know, coming to church and just being here, you know, a lot of times we, I just had a, whew, don't get emotional, just completely um, rely on God's grace. I'll, I'm telling you right now. You know, I'm, I'm just speaking to you out of my heart this morning, and we'll get to the word in a minute. And just grace brought me, and grace kept me here, and I'll just be honest with you, there were, there were days that I just could not stand the fact that I had to come. I'll be honest with you, you know, because there was so much other stuff in our life, you know, and I was just trying to regulate it and trying to put the, the God factor in the ministry and all these things. So the Lord helped me navigate through that. And, you know, I learned a lot of lessons and I'll, I'll share some of those maybe on, but where I'm going with is there was things in my life that I had to reconstruct, spiritually speaking, um, you know, go back to the word, go back to, and one of the things I've been telling, this might be a shock to you, but I'll, I'll tell you now public, I've told everybody, I've told Dennis and Elson, everybody, I took a time, you know, and I'm still kind of in that season. I think I'm navigating out of it in a good way. But I really took a time where I just shut everybody off. I'm talking, I wasn't listening to anybody except God. I mean, I took I'm probably about, I want to say now, probably about 18 months. That, and I'm not saying in a bad way. You know, you know, I'll hear somebody and it blesses me or I'll, you know, come across a podcast or 
the TikTok, and I'll listen, you know, and, there's, and I, you know, I listen to good word and good preachers and stuff, but it was just really about me finding out some things, you know. So I had to kind of separate myself from other voices and just really get into the voice of God. Now, that doesn't mean you don't listen, you don't, you actually, you study way more, you listen way more. So that really helped me, you know, that helped me get through, through a lot of this, you know, trying to comprehend, because life, you know, throws things at you, and most of you have experienced that in some form or fashion, you know, life throws things at you that, first of all, when I say throw, it should be unexpected, right? How many got thrown something unexpected, right? It was like, well, I didn't see this one coming. And then, you know, you have to kind of navigate your faith and the challenge that you're facing and, and really find out where the heart of God. So and I'm, I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but I'm, when I got into this place of really looking, and I'm going to talk about real deep spiritual, you know, not a, you know there, was, there was some fasting and praying and all that, but it was just really one-to-one, and, and the Lord just really spoke to me in, in, in a lot of good things. So said that, you know, I'm looking forward to what 2023 has. Amen? And I know it's just, you know, I was talking to Kate, and it's just, you know, it really is just another day in some, in some form or fashion. I don't know about you, but I was in bed like by 9, and I was awake by 1, so I've been awake since. So anyway, <laughs> that's kind of how I'm wired. You know, I hate, when I wake up in the middle of the night, it's hard, so... But, um, you know, it was, it's not a big thing. You know, it's thank God for the new year. But it is, it is a point. So more than anything, it, it could be a point of reference for you. Does that make sense? You know, use the new year as a point of reference. Say, you know, what are the things that 2022 taught you? I think you have to bring lessons in. And I have a lot of them in my personal life. But then move into 2023, first of all, with expectation. Because, you know, one of the themes that, that has helped me Throughout this, this season, and I've preached this in New York, and I've preached it in Cuba, and I've preached it in Arizona, and I've preached everything. I think everywhere I've gone, uh, you know, and I've preached it here, of course, we spent a lot of time, was to really, you know, understand that the only thing we, the only place that we live in is here, in the present. And you guys heard this all last year, and I'm not off of it yet. But the more you understand that the present, you know, there is no really the anxiety of the future, you know, what can happen tomorrow. You know, this got thrown at me. Now I have all this new information that I got to deal with. Or bring it back and say, you know, I live here. I don't live, I don't live in the future, and I don't live in my past. Because, you know, what happens, I was thinking, of, I was talking to, gosh, I talked to so many people, but I was talking to somebody actually this week talking about anxiety. I can't put my finger on exactly who I was talking about, but we're, oh, I know who it was. It was Ben. Ben, you know, from our church. He, he called me, spent an hour and a half on the phone yesterday. He was a great guy. He's still a big part of our church. And, you know, I was talking to say that anxiety can come from, from information from your past, right? You know, anxiety is not just a lot of people say, well, I'm anxious about the future. No, anxiety can, you know, you'll be sitting home having a wonderful day. This happened to me this week. And this is how your mind works, right? The devil went something to, that, that I said, which was probably dumb and incorrect, and it was a stupid thing I said. But it happened like three years ago. Anybody? And I'm over there like, God, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> How ridiculous is that, right? Three years ago, and I'm, and I'm, you know, almost getting depressed over this thing. So coming into this idea, you know, I think it's going to be more and more important for, I'm going to say for you, but at least for me, to really live to, learn to live in the moment. Because that's where God's, everything is happening. And in that moment, because I don't want to, I want to bring this in at this point. I want to insert this. Because the, the message this morning is a message of hope. I want to talk to you about, you know, biblical hope. But you say, well, Pastor, you just told us we've got to live in the moment. Now you're going to talk about hope because hope, what does hope do? Oh, no, what does do? Get my English correct. What does hope do for us? Well, it places us in the future, right? You don't really have hope for the present. 
And obviously you don't have hope for the past because you can't fix any of that. So the only so hope has to be a place that transfers you to a place in the future. So, well, that, isn't that contradictory to living in the moment? No, not at all, because you don't live in the future. But guess what? God has prepared a table. If I can quote, you know, Psalm 23. He has prepared a table. And that table is in your future. And, and what takes us and, and keeps us, and I'll tell you, this is one of the things that in 2022 really got me through, was this idea of hope. And I want to kind of, you know, get into it a little bit this morning, but I want you to look at it not just as a sermon, not just as a cute little message, okay, I got my message, let's go home, but really settle some things today. You know, we only get this every seven years. What do you mean, Pastor, that we can be in church on the first? You know, we only get that every seven years. So, so make, you know, make some decisions today. Even as I'm preaching, you know, you can hear with one ear and write with the other, and, and, and take notes that aren't just, okay, I got these great sermon notes, but really take notes that say, you know, I think I can adjust this in my life. And I'll give you, a, 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 for example, I'm just kind of, I'm still not where I want to be. You know, I'll get there. I'm almost there. What are the th- decisions I've made? Okay. I don't like resolutions because they never work. Something called decision. Decisions work. Resolutions don't work. Because everybody's like, yeah, I'm getting in the gym tomorrow. Uh-huh. And, and you'll be out by Friday. Okay. So you make decisions, right? And you make decisions to say, you know what? I'm going to make quality decisions about things that I need to fix in my life. Well, this takes me to my first decision this year. Hopefully I can follow through. So I've been studying a lot on, you know, and it's, it's coming up in, in a form of teaching, and I think it's going to really help the church. I'm really, but I really want to be prepared. I want to do a series that, that kind of targets mental health. You know, I think the church ignores that, you know, for the most part. How many believe that, you know, mental health is a thing, and the church doesn't seem to talk a lot about it? You know, we, t- we tend to spiritualize everything, and at the end of the day, a lot of people don't get a lot of help from that. So, I'm, I mean, that, that's a, like a side note. So that's coming down the pipe, and I'm not, I'm not there yet. But we have to, to understand that really this fight is here. It really is. And if you believe in God, you have to believe God is the God of good, the God of positive. But then you have to believe there's a dark force. You call him whatever. Call him Satan. Call him Lucifer. Call him whatever. And, and really, there is a battle for your mind. That's where the whole thing is. That's, that's where the whole game is played. It's not played anywhere else. I was reading, a, you, know, you know, going down these, these ideas, and I'm thinking, and watch, watch, I'm going to my, my first resolution. <laughs> not resolution, my first decision. I was reading something, and, I, and I'm studying a lot on this, by the way. I'm, not, you know, I'm studying from science, studying from psychology, studying from spirituality. I'm, I'm combining it all to try to get a, a balance. And I said, okay, and I read this thing. And it's really not my message, but it's going to help understand how you make decisions that will really affect you, and hopefully it will affect me. I made a decision. I read this as, you know, when you, one of the problems we have in our, in our mind, and of course you guys deal with this, and this is not the message, I'm just getting there, you have this ongoing conversation. Amen? You know, you can be having a perfectly good day. Everything is fine in your day. There's really no reason to be worried, anybody? But your mind says, no, 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 you got to worry. So you go, you know, so, so this game is always played out. And one of the things that that is, it's called clutter. Your mind gets full of clutter, of, of emotional stuff. It can be a past traumas. It can be a lot in there. I'm not just saying, but your mind gets, gets, gets a lot of clutter. And what happens where there's a lot of clutter? You can't see clearly, you know, think about your house. Well, no, maybe your house is not like my house. My house is full of clutter, okay? So, you know, if you've got to sit somewhere, you've got to move everything from this chair to the table. Anybody? But then when you got to eat, you got to move everything from the table 
Back, thank you. Then it's back to the chair. Because we're not throwing anything away. We're just moving around. Well, guess what? That's happening in your head. And, we're, and we got all this clutter from past experiences. We got all this clutter from future fears. And then this is, I'm getting to something. And then I read this. And I, I, it, was, you know, it wasn't a spiritual. It was coming from, you know, from some doctor that studies these things. I forget which one because there's a lot of stuff I was reading into it. And he says, and that just slapped me like so good. He says, clutter in your life, I mean in the natural, transfers into clutter into your thinking. And first I was like, no way. And then I looked at my office. Then I looked at my tool shed. And I looked at my junk drawer in the kitchen. Anybody got a junk drawer? That's full of junk. And I, and I went into the kitchen cabinets, and I, and I opened it, and, and, and there's closets in my house that you better pray before you open it. You, you could be hurt. The kitchen, I mean, I mean have you ever, like, take, gotten the groceries, and when you have a truck in Texas, you put them in the back seat or in the Suburban in the back, and before you open it, you go like, because if you just open it, everything's coming out, the milk and the eggs. That's how that is. Guess what? Your brain's like that. So I was thinking about this, and it bugged me, and I'm like, you know what? He's right. So yesterday, I just began a little exercise of decluttering. I haven't gotten very far. <laughs> but I did declutter a few things. And you know what? I was thinking, those are the kinds of, and I'm just using that as my example. So that's one of my decisions this year. And I talked to my wife about it. I said, you know, every day, we're going to pick something in the house. And even if you have to tie me down as I go into convulsions, because you're throwing away things that I think I might use sometime in the future, <laughs> we need to throw it away. Because I'm thinking, if that's what my brain looks like, no wonder I'm a mess. You guys don't want to hear this. Some of you are like, oh, gosh, i got to go home and clean the house now. <laughs> but you see, in the world that we live in, I'm using this kind of a bouncing into now we're going to get into mess. In the world that we live in, that's all we have. You turn on the news, clutter. It just, you know, buries you. You hear the right side, you hear the left side, you hear, you know, everybody's got their opinion, you know, the whole world's going to hell in a handbasket, you know, it's in the world, you know, you got the situation in Ukraine, on and on and on and on, the economy, stock market, you know, not recovering, whatever you want to do. So, you know, that gets into your head. You come to church, you get some information. Okay, you get some good information. Hopefully you'll get some good information this morning. That gets in your head. Then you have a fight with your husband, your wife, and then you think about what you should have said or didn't say or what did she say or what did she mean, what did he mean. That gets in your head. Then you got to pay the bills. You got to go to work. You got to get dressed. You got to dress the kids. Getting ready for school. Anybody? Tell me, at the end of this day, how much God is left in there? It's not that God left. It's just it's, there's so much in there. There's just so much in there that he is just one other. It's almost like a solar system in your brain. And your brain is the sun, and you have all these little planets orbiting, and God is just one more little planet with all the other planets orbiting your little brain. And I think that's really what we have to think about because... The idea of a God, first of all, is a spirit. Okay, we all know that. God is spirit. And spirit connects to your spiritual man, not to your soulish man. Get that. That's really important. So when God speaks, he speaks to your spirit. Then your spirit translates or transfers the God thought into a reasoning thought. That's what you understand. That is very simple. And by the way, don't get weirded out. God talks to everybody. God talks to everybody. And, and the thing is, you've got to learn to, list, learn to listen first before you even learn to hear. Because, <laughs> you know, you can hear. You know, you can hear, but you've got to learn to listen. 
And sometimes you have this great debate in your head, was it God, was it me, was it the devil, was it my mom, you know, whatever. But God will always speak through your spirit. So when your spirit wants to make a reasonable, or not, re- not reasonable in that sense, but a reasoning thought to you, it's got to navigate through all the clutter. That's the bottom line. So sometimes we're like, God, talk to me. And God said, okay. And he releases a word, but you don't hear that word because you heard all the other, you know, you're, you're processing all this other stuff. And I think really, I'm, and I'm kind of introducing where, where we're going some of this year, but I think that's going to be a theme, you know, throughout the year to really understand this point. So let's get into it. What does hope have to do with removing the clutter? How does hope come in? So let's, let's start this one in Isaiah 40, 31. This was this scripture right when I got born again in 1992. I remember I had, had a soul drug, bought a bumper sticker that had that scripture on it. It just meant so much to me because my life was just so broken when I came to God. I mean, on every level. I'm not going to go through that testimony, but every level of my life was broken. And I come to Jesus pretty much zeroed out, you know, broke, busted, and disgusted, but saved. Glory to God. Amen. That was all we had, you know. But then the Lord really ministered to me that first year based on this scripture. There was just so much. It seemed like every message I would hear, somebody would reference it. Has that ever happened to you? Like you're on a track and, you know, you turn on and it's like this. That's a God talking to you, by the way. And it says, those who hope. King James says those who wait. But the, but the correct translation is hope. Because, you know, when I used to read it from the King James Bible, it says, but those who wait upon the Lord. So I had this idea, and back then, I'm talking 92, 93, when we just needed everything in our life. It was like, okay, God, you know, we need to pay the rent this month, for example. Anybody been there? You know, we need to buy groceries. I'm not talking, I want a new car. I'm talking survive. You know, we just need to survive this month. And I would read the scripture, and and I hadn't gotten to the place where I understood what it said. I just read it straight out of the King James, and it said, those who wait. And I had this idea of, okay, God's going to show up. Just like the bus is going to show up. If I just wait here long enough, maybe I don't know. Ya me lo llega, right? Okay, Lord, come on, before they repo my car, <laughs> you better show up before they kick, kick me out of my house. And I always thought that way, and it was very a desperate place because the whole time I'm waiting, I'm in fear. Oh, you've never been there. Not in fear that you want to call it out fear, but you're like, what if he doesn't show up? Guess where that's coming from? clutter. And, and the idea of hope is such an important part. I'm about to get to where we need to be. But, but you know, so if you've ever been there in your life where you're like, where God, where are you? How come you're not showing hope? Why am I going through this? You know, and then you can use your whatever pretext, you know, how come we're dealing with this if we are church people or we are pastors or we are whatever you think you are and trying to justify, you know, how come I'm dealing with this because of that? And that, you know, guess, you know what that does? That brings more confusion. So now you've got all this stuff. And then you go to God and say, Lord, help. He says, Lord, I'm here. And then he gives something like this. But those who wait upon the Lord, so now you're like, okay, God's going to help me, but I hope he hurries up. And here you're stuck. And while you're stuck, guess what comes under attack? Your faith. That's the first one the devil wants. And he'll start with little things. He'll start, well, you know, God's not going to listen to your prayer. He'll start with that, and he'll end up with God's not even real. You know that most atheists didn't start being atheists? <laughs> and there's some atheists that turned around and came back to God, which is amazing. But somebody just kept planting things in their head and completely destroy their faith. 
you know, kept oh, you know, you got, got to prove it with science. You got to prove it with science. You got to prove it with science. Well, there's things from God that you can't prove with science. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. Can you prove, prove conscience? Come on, science people. Talk to, give me a scientific definition of the conscience of a man. Where does that come from? How about love? Can you give me a scientific definition of love? Anybody? Those things don't have answers. Conscience comes from spirit. The people, you know why people know the difference between right and wrong? Because even though they're not born again, the conscience of God is still in them. There's no other reason you would know good, right from wrong. So conscience can't be explained by science. Love can't be explained by science. You know, they can try to express emotional stuff, but you know what I'm talking about. You have a love for your, your dog, but then you have a love for your kid. Hopefully it's different. And more for the kid now. You're like, yeah, I love my dog way more than I love anybody else. You know? No. So, you know, and then you have the love of God, which is agape, which we don't have. So pretty soon, you know, you realize that the existence of God is not based or it can't be... It doesn't, let me put it this way, it doesn't need to be proven by science. But here's the thing, your head, if you don't get some of these things settled down, especially, you know, I'm saying this is a good service to get this settled down, your head will play games with you and will convince you and will talk to you about how unrighteous you are or how God doesn't care or how God is not even real, and he'll just beat you that thing and he'll finally convince you. What's the point of going to church? What's the point of this? What's the point of that? What's the point? And, you know, there's a lot of people. I'm looking back even at 2022 through our church. And I know, you know, it's the first and people stayed out, whatever. But there's a lot of people that I can guarantee you that we're here in 2022 that aren't going to be here in 2023. And there's people that breaks my heart more that have been with us for many, 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 many years that I just know in my spirit that if they don't make the adjustments necessary, they won't be here anymore. I just know it. Aren't you going to say something? Nope. Because these are mature Christians. i got no business telling them anything. They should know better. Now, if it was a baby Christian, I'd say, hey, dude, <laughs> you, know, you need to, you know, tighten up a little bit. But people that have been with God for, for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, and then all of a sudden they start stepping out and stepping away, and, you know, I don't know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm just going to de- deconstruct my faith now. You know, that's what I'm going to do. That's fine. God bless you. You all can do that. Everyone can do that. But at the end of the day, I don't want to walk in the world especially the world that looks like right now, without the idea that God is with me. Without the idea that Emmanuel, Emmanuel, you know, he is with me. So, Pastor, you're taking a long time to get that scripture. I know, but I'm, I'm still preaching. And you come to this idea, okay, how can I keep my faith on even through difficult times? How can I keep my faith on through difficult times? Well, if I, get to, if I have to time today, I probably won't. I'll get to the scripture, but the sermon is based, this teaching is based on on, you know, it says in Corinthians, in Corinthians 13, it says, these three things, and he mentions three foundations, and we are going to hit them because, you know, January to me is the foundation month, you know, so we'll hit them throughout the, throughout the month, and he said, there are three things that are foundations, he said, faith, how many know it, hope, and love, now, he says, the greatest is love. So, we're, we, you know, we'll deal with that. And that, that's where a lot of this stuff that I'm talking about is going to come in. Even the ideas of mental health will be connected to that idea. Because for God so loved the world, you know, he gave his son. But then his son gave you a commandment. He said, love God with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul, all your might. And then he said, it's one commandment. It's not three commandments. It's one commandment, three parts. Love your neighbor. 
And here comes self-help. Here comes mental health. As you love yourself. And we got to, we'll we're, deal with that. You know, I'm kind of throwing you what's coming out the year because that idea within the church has not been really worked hard. And that's why we have a lot of people that don't know what's going on and, and, and struggles and all kinds of stuff. So we go back to those three foundations. These three things remain. Faith, hope, love. Greatest is love. So we'll deal with that later. Faith, hope. You need all those three things to, 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 to be a, a believer. You need faith because if you don't believe in God, you can't believe in his son Jesus. Let's start at the very fundamental of faith. You have to believe in the virgin birth. You have to believe in the resurrection of the dead. As crazy as that sounds, you, you, know, you, you, don't get, you can't say, well, I, I believe in God, but I don't believe that. <laughs> because that's what connects us to divine, right? So you have to have faith. Before anything happens. But once you enter into God's presence or to God's life or to God's family through faith, then kicks in the other one, hope. Like I said, love has its own category. But you need all three working. You can't say, well, I'm a faith guy. Well, you have to be a hope guy too. But you have to be a love guy or gal, so I don't just put it on other guys. So now, hope becomes the, the central Connector, so you got faith, hope, love. Why is hope important? Because at the very first level, you know, what is hope? Well, some of you are like, more you develop, because the hope is not a vain hope. So if I say, I hope somebody drives down the highway and stops at the church and gives me a million dollars. So you're like, yeah, that could happen. But, and no, probably nobody in this room really believes it happening. Imagine if that happens right now. You all freak out. Because if somebody walks in and gives me a million dollars, I'm quitting. Yeah, I'll see you later. I'm going to start a church in Switzerland. No, just kidding. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I just got that off my chest. No, but you see, you're hoping something that's probably not going to happen. So you could say that's hopelessness. Right? You got a hope, but there's nothing to support it. Nothing to support it. I hope I have a good marriage. Okay, what's the foundation? Because if you don't have a foundation for your marriage, you're going to hope you have a good marriage. You're not going to have a good marriage. Because if you're, guess what? If you're, you know, you want a key to marriage, maybe somebody needs to hear this. <laughs> it's the same one, faith, hope, and love. But those in your marriage, have faith in your marriage, have hope in your spouse, and love them to the death. You'll have a good marriage if both people are doing that. <laughs> somebody, yeah, you got it. Right, Pastor. No, I'm saying... We can hope for a lot of things. I can hope to be successful. I can hope, you know, that, that I have a successful life. But if I'm not working towards that, it's hopelessness. And I think the church, when I talk to church, I'm not talking just faith. I'm talking as a global church. There's a lot of hopelessness in the church. You know, one of the hopes that God told us to hope in was in the hope of his calling. Think about that one. And I, I could do a lot of these hope things. Right? Cause you could just, you know, do a Google search on or, or in your Bible app, you know, search the word hope, and you're going to find out how many scriptures pop up. But hopelessness, let me read Hebrews 11, hopelessness is really where a lot of us navigate. So hope comes like, oh, this really would be awesome, and then this little sinking, draining feeling comes, yeah, but it's not going to happen. Anybody? Oh, it would be great, and then uh, that's just called hopelessness. Let's see what the Bible talks about. Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, now faith is the substance of of things, what is it to say there? Hoped for. So faith really can't do anything 
until hope is involved. Faith is, Amplified reads, the title deed. Well, I got it right here. Let me read it. Amplified Bible. I don't know why these pages are stuck. Somebody spit on my Bible. It's like literally ripping right here. There we go. I remember Terry, he'd come with his Bible. His Bible sold. He would pull, remember that? He would just take the page out and preach with the page, and then he'd stick it back in the Bible and close it. <laughs> That's a good, worn Bible. Mine's, got a, mine's a holy Bible now. You see that? Literally a holy Bible. I have to make sure I know what it says there because then I'll preach some heresy if I don't fix it. <laughs> it's like, oops, why did he, where did that come from? Now faith, Amplified says, is the assurance, the confirmation, and the title deed of things we hope for. So we can talk about faith all day. It's, it's in our title of our church. We are a faith church. But we have to spend time a little talking about this Bible hope. So, you know, right now I'm going to change directions for you. Stop thinking hope, world hope, and we're going to talk Bible hope. Because world hope is that. I hope I win a million dollars. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, but no foundation. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking biblical hope. So now, if you look at it, once again, now faith, reading out of Amplified, is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see. Back to King James, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So hope is a key. Is a key. Now, society, especially today, once again to a previous statement, pounds us with things to hope for that are negative. Right? I mean, you turn on the news, and now they're like, here comes COVID again. And I'm like, well, it really never left, so what's the big deal? But they're trying to inflate it, you know? It's like, here we go. I'm like, no, we don't. If you're not careful, watch. Faith works in reverse. Because we start, we're, we're actually hoping for the wrong things. Because you're not going to say, I'm hoping for that. But, you're, but faith comes by hearing anything. Not just God's word. You know, you hear, you hear somebody talk bad about somebody long enough, and you don't even know that person. Come on. You're going to believe that person's... You're going to have faith in what that person said. And, and that's happened to me. I mean, people, you know, talk up somebody, horrible person. Then I meet them, I'm like, I have like this huge barrier, <laughs> you know. But the more I interact with them, the, the smaller the barrier gets. And pretty soon I'm like, dude, they were completely wrong about this person. But I created faith because of words. So I don't, I'm not off subject because we got to get a hope. So faith always is going to come by words. So what are you listening to? will create hope in that. And here's where it really gets interesting. Most people in this room, if not all of us, will not admit to this, but sometimes we are hoping for bad things. You're not, you're not saying it that way. You're not hoping, oh, I hope something bad happens to me. But in your mental process, you're always dreading something. Are you with me? It means like you wake up in the morning and there's no reason to have a, a bad day but something in your psyche already kicked it into a bad day. You're already pre-programmed to deal with that negative person at work. But since you already are pre-programmed because she's negative, now you're negative, now you got two negatives. You can't put them together, two negatives. <laughs> and, and, you know, your day's still good, but all this is already happening right here. 
So you are hoping, you're not using the word hope, but you're preparing yourself. So you have faith. I'm showing you how faith works in relationship to hope. It works in reverse. You can believe, you know, somebody, you know, for example, we had this cold front that we had a few weeks ago and says, okay, it's going to freeze. Well, we all remember what happened last time it froze. You're like, oh boy, here we go. In a way, now you're, you know, you're not desiring to be without electricity for two weeks, but because of the faith, does this make sense to people? Because it still works the same way. You know, if I tell you something long enough, you're going to believe it, but the next thing that's going to happen, you're going to hope for it. There's just no way it can't happen. So you've got to be very careful now what you're letting in. I'm, I'm, I'm going from the reverse angle right now. So even this, well, Pastor, that's ridiculous. I don't hope I get sick. No. But if you keep thinking about COVID and you think about somebody got sick and everybody's getting sick and nobody's getting healthy and all the kids are always sick, and what's going on? You're building your faith. Even though you because this is a spiritual law church. This is not, this works, you know, this works even for the heathen, people that, ungodly people, this thing works because spiritual laws were placed in, by God and they still work. So, so in a, the word hope doesn't really make sense, but you are, you are hoping, not as a desire, but because you've created the faith, the hope kicked in. In other words, faith will rise hope. Faith comes by hearing. So this year, you better be very careful what you hear. Be very careful what you say. Be very careful about your words. You know, because you don't want to speak death. You don't want to speak negative. And that's hard because, man, it's just, you know, I do it all the time. I, I keep correcting myself. It's hard to be come up here and tell you guys, don't do this, and I'm pointing the finger at me, right? Because we live in a world that, tweaks us to talk like the world. Y'all still with me on this? So hope needs faith. Now let's switch this whole thing over into biblical hope. All right. Go with me now. If you have, I know, I got a lot going on, but if you have Hebrews 11, hang on to it. But go, you'll see it on the screen. Go with me now to Jeremiah 29, 11. Let's, let's start building into biblical hope. So hope is simply desiring something that has not manifested. That's all it is. That's your basic definition. Okay? Let's go to Jeremiah. What is God's heart towards you? What is God's heart towards his people? I've heard people try to preach this out. Well, that's the Old Testament. Well, I I can cross-reference this in the New Testament, and it'll still the same thing. You know, God's thoughts that I think towards you, this is God speaking, says the Lord, this is what God thinks. Thoughts of peace. Everybody say thoughts of peace. You know, these are exercises. Because when you leave this room and you go back to your world, whatever this afternoon holds or whatever tomorrow holds, are you going to navigate with thoughts of peace? Because the, other, the only other alternative is thoughts of anxiety. <laughs> I mean, what's the other option, right? You either have thoughts of peace or thoughts of tribulation. There's no gray area. So God says, the thoughts I think towards you are thoughts of peace. Stop. Any thought in your life that does not bring peace, guess what? Scratch it off. It doesn't come from God. God's never going to tell you to get even. God's never going to tell you to go tell somebody off. 
Some of you wish he did. Come on, don't you wish that vengeance was mine, that you could just borrow it a little while? Like, Lord, you're so busy feeding the hungry. Can I just borrow the vengeance one? Just, just I'll take care of this one. Easy. No, it doesn't work that way. Thoughts of peace. So this is really the exercise, you know, because these things are about discipline. These things are about taking this message seriously. This is the first message of the year. So you're like, oh, he's just going on. No, no, just if you don't get anything else, get this one. Can you pick your thoughts? And can you make the choice that the thoughts that I'm going to let in my head, either they create peace or I'm not going to play with them? That's a discipline because, man, your brain will fight this thing. Oh, don't be so comfortable because, you know, this is coming and that's coming. And, and, and you're going to have to fight this. And you know what, God, you are my shalom. That's it. I mean, I don't, you know, let it blow the whole thing down. I'm not moving out of peace. I just cannot afford. That's one thing I learned in 2022, like so strong to avoid drama at every level. I, you know, because I, I had a tendency, and hopefully I'm navigating out of it to just, you know, ever since before I got saved, but even after I got saved, I'm very, you know, very in. And if things didn't go my way or if I didn't agree with something, I was just very open, very blunt. And I would hurt people, and I was aware of it. I just couldn't fix it. So one of the things God helped me this year was say, you want peace in your life? I can give you all the peace you want, but what are you going to do about it? Well, number one, stop the drama. Stop getting in things that are pointless. Stop getting in discussions and fights. And you know what? You go to my house now, nobody argues, nobody fights, you know. They just kind of... Because they're resolving, including my kids are resolving, that this is not the way to go. So you begin to modify the way you think. And that God can't do that for you. God gives you the suggestions. He says, these are thoughts of peace. This is my plan for you. So the other option says, and not of evil. You know what I like about this passage is that he presents the both things that a thought process is going to face every day. You're going to have positive thoughts. And you're going to have the negative thoughts. But he tells you right off the bat, if it's negative, it's not for me. That's basically what he's saying. Because his thoughts towards you are designed to give you future. And I, you know, everybody has a future. I mean, the future is every second. No, he's talking about a future and a hope. Okay, so what is the hope that he's referring to? That my future is going to be fine. That's basically it. My future is going to work out. Whatever challenge comes down the pipe, I made a decision. Peace is my number one pursuit. Nothing else. Peace in my home, peace in my body, peace in my head. And you're going to fight this one, trust me. Because everything will come to try to steal that peace. Now, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Okay, let me give you some bullet points. Let's, we're, we're already getting to where I need to. Well, let me give you, hang on, let me give you some scriptures. Or you know what, RJ, let's just, let's just jump into where it says Romans 15. Let's, let's look at some of these scriptures. Romans 15, and I want you to pay attention because what I want you to build, what are you hoping for this year? When I prayed for our band before we got up on stage, they kind of raised an eyebrow after I finished because I'm praying for them, right? And I said, Lord, I believe that we will be here as a group in 2024. They're like, 2024, Pastor? Yep, I'm believing that we will pray there 12 months from now, and we will be complete. There won't be no tragedies in any of these families. There won't be no surprises, and nobody will be in a a situation that is hard. I I went ahead and hoped that. Right, Gilly? I mean, you were there. Kathy, you were there. That's, That's my hope for them. 
But at the same time, I'm not just hoping, I'm speaking it. And you want to add another one? I'm prophesying it now. Because it's not my hope. Yeah, I hope you all do good. It's God's hope. May. And I love this one. He, I mean, Paul is giving him the title. You know, in the Old Testament, you go through all the names that God has, and they're amazing. But in the New Testament, Paul decides to call God hope. Isn't that amazing? May the God of hope. That's the same thing as may the God of love, may the God of light, may the God of whatever. I mean, the God of hope. So now we kick it into the next point, too. You don't even have to have hope. (laughs) You find him, you get his hope. Yeah, you see that? Because our hope is usually based on nothing. So it just becomes hopelessness. But when you get his hope, it makes sense. So when you say something as crazy as, I hope somebody does this for me. If you have a biblical foundation for whatever you said, you can take comfort that somehow God's going to be in charge of that. You have to go to the biblical foundation. You know? If somebody hurts you, you can't say, well, I hope that God breaks his legs. You don't have scripture for that. Some of you are like, I'm going to write it in. No. Read this. This is so rich. Let's just pick through this thing. May the God of hope. What happens when the God of hope gets involved in your life? He fills you with joy and peace. Glory to God. That just made me happy right there. He fills you. You know, the church is always, oh, we got to find joy. And we're singing about joy, and it's wonderful. But joy is not being giggly and laughy all the time. Joy is peace. That's the number one. Your house can be burning down, and the joy of God says, hang on, because God's going to give you a bigger one. That's what joy does. In the natural, like, oh, my God, the house is burning down. You're like, he builds them. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of stuff does. You know, it, it comes, you get hit with something this year. You get hit with some bad information. You get hit with some medical information. You get hit with some financial information that doesn't, that is negative. You're going to have to make a choice. Do I fill myself with the hope that God can provide? Or do I fill it with my hope that I hope I get out of this mess? Because just hoping to get out of the mess is not going to fix the mess. Come on, church. And a lot of Christians just do that. Come on, how many have heard this? I'm just a hoping and a praying. That is so saturated with unbelief. That is just a complete... I mean, if you, if you ever said that, you need to repent. Because, I mean, it, it, it sounds spiritual, but if you really pick through it, it's got no spirit in it. It's actually full of unbelief. Because you never say it in the context like something good's going to happen. You know? You think you're going to get healed? I'm just hoping and praying. Well, that attitude, just go talk to the funeral director. (laughs) Hoping and praying. Then you ask him, what are you hoping? I'm just hoping everything turns out okay. There's still no substance there. Remember, faith is a substance of hope. I haven't forgotten Hebrews 11. We're talking about hope, but the only thing that supports biblical hope is faith. What did God say about your problem? What did God say about your finances? What did God say about anything? Because if you find out what God said, now you can support hope. But unless you have a word from God, you know, it's on your own. 
you're completely on your own. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. That just means you're on your own. That means you're going to have to think it through. That means you're going to have to plan things out. That means you're going to have to organize around whatever you're thinking. Or, what did the word say? You know, and the longer you're in Christianity, sometimes, you know, we hear these things, and this is the same thing I've been preaching nearly 30 years. But I have to remind myself. Faith still works, church. Come on. You know, we can get so churchy and so program-driven and message-driven and, you know, series-driven that pretty soon the foundations get kind of blotted out a little bit. I mean, we, we know them because we've been hearing them, but we don't really stand on them like we used to. Are you here? Stand and say, you know what, this is what God said. And stand in front of your family and stand in front of sickness and disease and stand of whatever you're standing and say, this is the word. And everything outside, your circumstances might not reflect any of that, but the decision is this, because the God of hope fills you with joy and peace. Pay attention to the next line. This is, this is line upon line scripture. As you trust. In other words, the filling of God's hope for your future, according to Jeremiah, is a continual process. It's not like he just pours you filled up. Okay, you're ready to go. Go. Next one. But the moment your trust is shaken, the hope lifts. It doesn't leave. Lifts. I'm careful with my words. I'm just talking my own personal experiences. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace if I can lose paraphrase, in direct relationship with the trust you give him. So the more I trust him, the more supernatural hope I get. And I know it's kind of a catch-22 because, you, you know, how do you trust God? By hoping. <laughs> but the beautiful thing about God, and if you're new, those watching me online, those in-house, the beautiful things about God is he meets you where you're at with your faith. So nobody feel you're disqualified of this. You say, well, Pastor, you got 30 years in this. I barely got 30 days. Trust me, your faith might be more jacked up than mine right now. Because, you know, the faith of a child is, whew, spiritual child is way up there. You ever seen a, born, a new baby born again believer? They're like, ah! you, know, you get around the old dinosaurs in the church and they'll say, no, house, you know. Now, and you know what that happens? And I'm on that one. You know why the church gets sour? Because we miss this. Because people that have godly hope are never sour. Because people that have godly hope are always looking at the amazing thing that's coming down the pipe. That's what, that's what God's hope does. You know, I look at, I, I can come to this building, and by the way, thank you guys for coming January 1st. I really expected, like, less people. <laughs> that's, that's negative hope, right? I'm like, I wonder who's going to show up this time, right? Then you get the text messages, Pastor, I'm out. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> Watch it, H. I'm not... I'm going to start picking on you in a minute, right? I can look at, here, I mean, this is going to sound so cliche. I can look at the empty chairs and get really negative about it. Or I can look at the full chairs and get totally excited that you still care enough to listen to what I got to say. Same situation, different perspective. And that's really how it changed because, you know, H will tell you and some of the people have been here, there were times when I wasn't the happy, happy, joyful pastor that I am now. 
now? Well, this is an improved version, all right? Rick Renner kicked the chairs in his church. I've never done that, okay? And he was brave enough to share it in a story. But he was so mad with the church, he just came in one day and kicked the chairs down. There were, like, people sitting in the church watching, whoa, pastor. So you guys have not seen that part. But what keeps you, what keeps me coming back is I see you. What will make me sour is if I see the empty chair. Okay? So pay attention. The environment hasn't changed. I'm teaching you something with this. The environment hasn't changed. But my psyche or my perspective of things, and I'm going to get to that in a moment, will be affected by this. Because if I say, I got Bible hope, it doesn't make a bit of difference who comes to church. Well, it does, but I'm saying spiritually because at the end of that, I just got to know, am I in God's will? Because if, if I'm in God's will on Sunday morning, and, I'm in God's, and I know I'm ready to preach, and I've prepared, and I've spent time in his presence and time in the study, and you don't show up, that's on you. I mean, that's cool. I, mean, I love you, but it's not on me. But you know what the world does and what the devil does? He'll put it on you. Right? He'll flip it right back on you. Say, well, there you go. You know, you know who do you? Look, nobody cares what you've got to say. Nobody wants to go to your church. Nobody, just give it up, you know. It's over. It's done. Lock it up. That, that's what the empty chair would speak. So what I'm teaching is what's life circumstances that are going to get thrown up because life's still going to come. You know, even though the calendar changed from 22 to 23, it doesn't mean like, oh, magic year, perfect year. All it did was a calendar that we invented. It's not like God invented the calendar. <laughs> so it went click. And we're like, yes, we're free of what? You got all the same garbage from 22. You have it this morning, right here now. Maybe a little less money because you spent way too much on fireworks. But other than that, whatever was there a few hours ago, it didn't magically disappear with the change of the clock. Do you agree with that statement? All right, that's why I say resolutions don't work. Because you get excited, ooh, I'm going to get on a diet. And then, of course, somebody's going to go, today, January 1st, to your house with a big cheesecake. (laughs) And then you can say, I'll start tomorrow, and that killed the whole 23. So now you have to wait till 24. So what's the point? Let's just pick out and catch up on 24. I'm telling you how this works. That's how humans are wired. We're a crazy bunch. Bible hope always relies on God. There is no version of Bible hope that God did not bring it in. You're going through a problem. I'm going to bring applications now. Pastor, I'm believing for my family. Let's bring it real. My family just messed up. You know, people are on drugs. People are getting divorced. It's just a mess. Okay, what did the Bible say about your family? Before we pray about anything, before we have hope of anything, what did the Word say about that? Well, I'll keep it very simple. I'll give you one scripture from the New Testament. It says, believe in God, you and your household will be saved. That's pretty simple. So the only thing i got to do is not try to change any of these crazy people that are related to me. All i got to do is pray for their salvation, intercede for them, ask God to open heaven's doors for them, and I'm done with them. And guess what? Now I have peace. But they're still, you know, they're acting wild. They're cra- I am not going to lose my peace over you anymore. Because my hope is in a scripture that said, I'm believing God for you. And because I'm believing God for you, and you're part of my house, 
Sorry, dude, you're messed up, you're going to heaven. As much as you don't want to go, you're going. As much as you're running from God, you're going to run back. Because the word says, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Amen. So that you may overflow. Some of you are like, man, I just want a little right now. I'm not even up to overflow stage yet. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So just one of my notes there, it says, this verse highlights the role that God plays in filling us with hope and the importance of trusting him as the source. So it's like a full circle. When you're feeling hopeless in your life, don't run from God. Go to him. When you're feeling desperate in your life, go to the scriptures. What is the word? But pastor, you don't understand. There's so many things in my life and so many loose ends. And a lot of this is not spiritual. It is spiritual. It's all spiritual. We live in a natural world, but it came from spirit. And whatever came from spirit is regulated by spirit. In the beginning came from spirit. Are you with me? So whatever comes after in the beginning, God said will be controlled by the Spirit that created it. But the Spirit needs you to be in rhythm with it. That's all it is. This is not, this is not really deep. It's just pretty simple. So you go, let, let's just read all this and what you've learned. May the God of hope, he's the one that's creating it, fill you with joy and peace. So hope, joy, and peace go together. But the trust is up to us. All right? Once we get that, we're overflowing in this Bible hope. That means that, it, it, I mean, you are, Bible hope, let me, let me say this and let me say this carefully, is almost like seeing into the future. I mean, it creates such an image. You know, I, boy, we could tell stories of this. Um, which one can I pick? I got so many. I'll pick this one right here. When the, before we had this building, some of you will remember, we had a little building over there and we were packed in and it was, we were tight and we were uncomfortable and it was always hot, <laughs> And we just, you know, said, so we're going to believe God for a building. No money, nothing. Only hope. Well, first of all, believe that God told us to do it. And then I said, okay, Lord. And then he said, I want you to pray three times a week from 7.30 in the morning to 8. That doesn't even seem that long. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So we changed our prayer meeting during that season. Monday morning. I lived in Hebronville, so it was a lot easier. We were here, 7.38, 7.38. Sometimes I was by myself, sometimes be a handful of people, sometimes, you know, whoever. Well, that went on for almost a year. And you know what God's doing that whole time? The whole time I'm praying, he has me, and I'm not saying he has me, I'm doing it, but I, I see how it's directed to the Spirit. So if you can imagine that little room, and it had those same windows like that. So if you can imagine that little room, I would face the wall, and I would close my eyes, and I'd be praying, Father, we know we need this building. What would happen is hope would rise. And hope gave me the vision of this building. Now, I'm, a con- I'm in a con- you know, construction. I get it. That's how I've done my whole life. You know, I know kind of how it works. But I could see it. Hope was creating a vision. And I could see it exactly like we see it. I could see the, the, the windows. I could see the stage. You know, a lot of the details I couldn't see. But, but, you know, I remember you heard the story I brought the contractor. He wanted to put columns in here because he said the roof was going to fall down. I said, the roof's not going to fall down. I don't want columns because they'll hide behind them and go to sleep. That's, <laughs> I just don't like churches with columns. I don't know what. You know, I feel like Samson. Ah, you know, just tear the church down. But hope 
I mean, we're broke. There's no money in the church account. There's no money in my account. And God's asking me to build a building. But you know what happened, Liz, after that year? Towards the end of the year? Actually, towards the moment that it, 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 something, the whole, a lot, I'm going to say the whole time, but during the process of this, Kathy, I didn't even believe it. I mean, I was, I was going through the steps. Thank you, Lord. We got our building. But part of me was like, yeah, right, whatever. That's okay. You're human. Don't, don't beat yourself up with that because your, your, your Adamic nature will always oppose God's nature. Get that? So you're, how many times happen here? You're here praying and you're praying for something and you're thinking about all the bills you got. Like half of your mind is in the bills and the other half is like speaking in tongues. That ever happened to you? That proves to me that your spirit and your soul is a different thing. Because you can't really have two thoughts at once. I mean, unless you're psychotic, okay? You're, no, I'm saying you're, you, know, you have a process of thinking, but you can't have, you, you know, it's not like a horse. You know, a horse has like looks of both eyes, you know. I need to bring this message back. You guys are messing me up this morning, all right? <laughs> Hope kept rising. And so we're now looking into September. And what started in January with zero faith, just blind obedience. And let me help you. You're better off in blind obedience than in no obedience. Meaning, Lord, you said this. It makes no sense. So I would stand on that wall facing to nowhere, to a little window, and I would see the sanctuary, and I would pray, Lord, I thank you for the expansion. I thank you, Lord. And half of me like, yeah, how are you going to do it? Where are you going to get the money? You know, that, you know, that's, that's the side that's going like this. You know, who's gonna do? Come on, look at the offering. It was $20 last week. You think you're going to build a $300,000 building? You know? and, and on this side, it's like, thank you, Lord, for the building. And this side's going like, you're crazy. That's psychotic. <laughs> but guess what happens? It kicks in. So, that you may overflow. All of a sudden, something made sense. Fast forward. Some of you heard the story so many times, but for those that haven't, I'm just saying it. So this is probably like September. Something clicked in September. They're like, wow, I, yeah, we can do this. We got, still no money. Come November, no, not even November. So probably around, I'm trying to think, October of that year, the Lord said, go build it. No, maybe it was September. Yeah, it was September. I'm trying to think. I was by myself that time. I came to prayer. Nobody came that morning. And I'm there, and I'm praying by myself. I don't think even my wife did come, though. Nobody came. I was by myself. I was doing my, I was doing my little obedience, 738. Actually, I was hoping it was 8 because I, I wanted to go do something. You, you guys never been that obedient, right? Lord, I'm obedient, but hurry up. No, I wasn't like that, but I was like, as soon as 8 hits, I'm out of here because I had 10,000 things to do. So I'm praying, you know, going through the most standing, speaking. And then I hear the Lord say, build it. And I'm like, cool, with what? This is a real conversation going on with me and the Lord right there. So how much you got? And I, I went like this, and I had $20. That's all I had. That's actually all I had. I got 20 bucks. So what can you do with $20? I said, well, I can go buy some steaks, not meat, wood. Some of you are thinking, you're hungry, I know. Now, God had already done something miraculous about you know, the whole land and everything, and so, so this was still part of ours. That wasn't ours yet. And so this is already here. So I said, okay, so I went to Alamo, bought a little roll of steaks, not T-bone, wood. Got a string, and it, took, and it was all my 20 bucks. You know, back then, the roll of wood was probably eight bucks, and then, you know, a couple, five or six bucks for the string, and then I had $10 for a Happy Meal or something. Measured it off, measured it off, measured it off, and I kept measuring until I got it all squared up, drew my string lines, set it up, 
And I said, Lord, construction has begun. Completely broke. Well, I'm not going to take you through all the stories because there was a lot of faith stories. From November, when we said, when we cut the trenches here, from November of, what was it, 2000? Right? Yeah, because we were in 2001. November 2000, June 2001, we were here. Debt free. Come on, he can give him a hand clap for it. You don't have a mortgage payment. <laughs> I don't have to beat you up over an offering so we can pay the, the mortgage this month, you know? And all kinds of crazy stuff happened. But I can tell you, it came from that. That God will speak things into your life that make no sense. God will, God will tell you to believe for one family member that you're like, there's no way that guy's getting saved. But if he speaks to you about that family member, you need to take it seriously. And you need to pray, even though you don't believe it, but there will be a moment in your life. This is what I'm trying to tell you this morning. There will be a moment in your life when that supernatural hope just goes, ah. And that's what happened to me that day. That's just what, I mean, it was, and, and even after I'd, I put the stakes, my, my, you know, my natural mind is saying, you're stupid and crazy. And we were, and somehow, you know, we got it done. But that's what hope does. And I'm, I'm trying to, you know, there's, I got like three pages of notes, so. You know, we're not going to finish any of it. But to think, you know, leave this morning thinking about these things. You know, if you're, if you're in a hopeless situation this morning, if your marriage is in a place where it shouldn't be, if your kids are in a place that shouldn't be, you need some Bible hope. And, and my instruction would be, what, what, did, what did God say about your kids? Well, it, does, it didn't count, Pastor, because I was a heathen, and, and then I got saved, so I didn't really instruct them in the way that, well, okay, but you're a covenant man or a covenant woman now. You know how many times I've told ladies, and here's, here's a tip for you ladies. If you're believing God for your, a child of yours that's maybe either sick or running from God, you guys have one of the most powerful, powerful prayers, at any, in, over, even over men. You just put your hand right here over your womb. Because the word said, blessed is the fruit of your womb. That, and you can see that kid running from God, being on drugs, maybe in jail. And you just keep saying, blessed is the fruit of my womb. And the more you say it, the more the hope kicks in. A little bit more hope. And things might get worse, and you just keep speaking it. And speaking life over that child, and speaking life over that situation. And using scripture, not just speaking, using what did God say, what did God say, what did God say. And pretty soon that hopelessness begins to just kind of, like a fog, right? Just begins to lift. And then one day you see it clearly. And maybe the situation hasn't changed. Maybe you still see him or her in a bad place, or I mean, they're still in a bad place, but inside, you, now you have the image of covenant, which is that. It's he's the God of hope. He will create the image based on the hope that you are giving it. In other words, hope prepares us for the future. We live in the present, but we biblically set ourselves up in our kids. Those of you that come to our prayer meetings, I know some people think the pastor's out of his mind. I'll sit here and pray for my grandbabies. And they're little tiny kids, man. They're, you know, three years old, one's a few months old. And I'm, you know what I'm praying? For their future wives? For their future husbands? For their future? I'm speaking life and peace over them because I am hoping that for them. But I'm not just hoping, I just hope my grandkids turn out all right. No, I am on purpose setting things up spiritually so when the devil comes and tries to take them out, which he will, their foundation that their grandfather prayed for, or their father, or their mother, is so rock solid that I don't care what the devil throws at them. Are you still with me this morning? 
And that's the power of hope. That's how this works. Give me the next one, Arjun. I want to wrap this up. I spent way too much time on this one. Psalm 147, 11 says, The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. And now this verse reminds us that our hope should be placed on God's love. Now, on that, anything else, imagine this one. If you could just place hope on how much he loves you. Don't raise your hands, but most of us, if, you know, if, we're, not, if we're normal parents, you don't even have to be spiritual. Most of people, I know there's some people that aren't, wouldn't do it, but most people would lay their life down for their kids. Come on, if there's a choice, if you have to donate an organ for your son to survive, and that organ will cause you moving to heaven, I don't have a problem with that. So you're like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I really don't. Because I'm going to die anyway at some point. So I might as well give the gift of life to my son or my daughter or my grandson. I don't have a problem with that. But, you know, I probably wouldn't do it for anybody else. (laughs) How much more God? If a parent has the ability to love a child that much, to lay his life down for his own kid, how much more God? See, I have hope in that. I have hope that as complicated as our circumstances sometimes are, I just have hope because God said, you know, a lot of things about this. So I just keep going back. Well, you said this, Lord, and you said that, and you said this. And, and before I know it, a sense of peace begins to come because he's the, hope, he's the God of peace. So biblical hope is launching into the future the promises of God. I, mean, I don't say launching them, but seeing them in your future. You don't live there, but you're preparing it by hoping it. Faith, hope, love. Amen? Give me the next one. I think we have one more. We have a lot more. First Peter 1, 3, but I'm not going to try to finish it, guys. Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. New birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So this verse highlights the fact that our hope is rooted Not on just something lame, it's rooted on the very power of the resurrection of God. So now we're talking about something, think about this one. In Romans it says, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power will sanctify or will, uh, the word, sanctify your mortal bodies. In other words, the power of resurrection is also hidden in the power of living hope. So you're not just connecting to, I'm, I'm, I keep hitting this one. I know I've went over it a bunch of times, but I want you to leave. We're not just hoping something happens. This is based, in other words, God has locked biblical hope into the very life of Jesus. Think about that one. So when you are moving in this place where you're saying, you know what? And, and this is how it works. I'll show you how it, we'll apply it right at the end of the service. I'm almost done. Hope for this year. But not just Bible, you know, not just I'm hoping everything turns out. I'm basing whatever, you know, my hope, let's say, what's my hope for this church? First of all, that every one of you prospers and be in health. That really is. Before there's any other desire. Then, as a church, that we have impact and influence and really be a blessing to our community. You know, that's, I have a desire for more people to get excited. I have a desire for missions and all these things. Well, all those are Bible hopes. And if you're a believer, you probably don't really have a bad hope. I mean... I already went through some of those. Want to hurt somebody or something, right? No. What are your desires for your family? What are your desires for your kids? What are your desires for your future? Hope will be the basis. And I would challenge you, you know, I would challenge you in a good way to say, what are you hoping for January? Biblical January. 
What are you hoping for in February? You know, if we're talking calendars, you know, just keep throwing something. I hope that by March, fill in the blank. But make sure there's a scripture attached to it. Because if you're just, you know, if you're just wishing, you might as well go, you know, wish upon a star or something. <laughs> no, you base it. You base it. Lord, I'm hoping this is going to happen. When I finish the service, I'm going to spend some time this afternoon on my own. And I'm going to make a little list about the hopes and desires I want for my family, hope desires I want for our church. Write it down, print it somewhere, put it in my Bible, cross-reference it with Scripture. Nowadays, with today's technology, it will take you all of five minutes to do this. You know, you don't have to pull out the concordance and the books. You just got to Google it, type a search button, get all the Scriptures you need for whatever issue you're dealing with. Amen? Well, did you get something out of it this morning? Well, I, I, I'm like in the introduction, man. I didn't even get to the steps. Maybe we'll do that next week. Go ahead and stand with me this morning. I had a, my next point was how to hope for the best, and we will get to that. I, I really wanted to finish today, but I know, I know the Lord has a plan. So what I want to do this morning, um, Just close your eyes for a moment. Let's just let, let's give some space for the Holy Spirit this morning. If church doesn't change our life in a positive way, you have to ask your question, why are we even here, right? So what are the things? Let, let's start here. Let's start here. Let's start here. At the front end of this service, I said, um, don't do resolutions. I don't, they don't work. And you know they don't work. What works are decisions. But what are some of the things that, that right now in the presence of God, you hope that God can help you within your character? That's the very first step. I mean, don't even start with your family. Start with you. Keep your eyes closed. Come on. This is, I'm just giving you an idea of something to go work on this year. What are things that within your character, the way that you process things, the way you react to things, the way you see things that you know is not good, you know? All of us might have, I'm saying all of us, but you know, I have stuff that I need to adjust all the time. Bad attitudes, what have you. That would be a good one to hope for. God, I hope that you modify my character to never get upset, never, never just, you know, get out, been out of shape about anything. You know, there's hope there. Then you can move it down into hoping, you know, what is the hope for your family? Where do you see your kids? I don't care if they're tiny. You know, what is the hope of your marriage? What is the hope of your calling? And pretty soon you begin to see how what hope does is a map. It begins to create a map of life. And this is what's amazing to me because hope is not just a desire. It's a map. God is helping you map your life. You know, when people say, get a five-year plan, get a 10-year plan, get a three-year plan, I'm telling them, get a hope plan. (laughs) Just get a hope plan. Don't put years on it. Get a hope plan and fill it and fill it and fill it with Scripture and fill it. And I'll tell you, the more you just dwell in that joy, just... And when life comes and slaps you hard, you'll have what it takes inside. I'm telling you. You'll have what it takes inside to deal with that slap and say, you know what? It might have hurt a little bit, but my hope is in the Lord. I might not understand what I'm going through, but my hope is in the Lord. Come on, church. Father, I thank you this morning. As we dedicate this year to you, as we enter in on a kind of a special Sunday, because we only get to do this every seven years, but the very first Sunday of this year, We dedicate this year to you, God. We dedicate this year, Father, that you will be honored in our homes, 
Not with religion and legalisms, that's not honor, but, but a presence that will be respected in our home. That, Father, we will not fight with our husband or our wife just because we respect the presence. We will not argue with our kids or yell at each other because we respect the presence. Come on, church. This is some good stuff. Respect the presence. Wow, I'm going to take that one home. And, Father, I pray for every family here. Now, this is my prayer for you, those watching me online, and even those that aren't watching online and aren't here, I'm going to pray for them. Everyone that is connected to Faithway in any form or fashion through partnership. we got people in different parts of the country watching us online this morning. We're praying for you also. That 2023 will be a year free of drama, a year free of calamities, a year free of crisis, a year free of confusion, a year free of financial crisis, a year free of sickness and disease. Father, we believe, I speak life, health, and prosperity and peace over everyone in this church, everyone online, and everyone that calls Faithway their home. And Lord, we pray that we become united tighter and tighter and that we have a corporate hope for our church. Come on, help me with this one. That we have a corporate hope for what you've called Faithway to do in different nations, Father. Not just in Hebronville, Father, in Cuba, in Ukraine, in Mexico, Navajo Nation, wherever you take us, Lord. We have hope, Lord, that this year is going to be the absolute best year we've ever had. Father, we have hope that every month's going to come with a greater blessing, financial, health-wise, peace in our homes, Father. We pray, Father, we have hope over the United States government. Come on. We have hope over that you called this nation to be a blessing. And I give you praise this morning. And I give you glory right now. And Father, we come against every negative spirit, every spirit of depression, every person that woke up this morning dreading that was another year. We break that, Father. We're excited we get a new year. We're excited we can start new beginnings. You're always the God of new beginnings. So, Father, we look at this day as an opportunity to hit the reset button. And, Father, my last prayer, and I want to pay attention to this last prayer, church, because this is for you. Help us, Lord. Teach us to not drag anything into 2023 that we didn't like in 2022. Think about that. Anything you didn't like about 2022, let's leave it over there, okay? Within our character, within our personality, within our attitudes. Father, we just thank you that we are a blessed people. I pray for this church. I pray for the leadership of this church, that you keep them strong and healthy, that you keep them Father, on that moral compass by your spirit, Father, there won't be any issues, any drama. And I pray, Father, that a strong spirit of evangelism gets on this church right now. That everyone in this room, Father, will have golden opportunities, one after another, this very week, to encourage people, to invite people, to show people what grace is. And I give you glory, Father. I really believe that 2023 is going to be a year of recovery, of restoration, And everything that the devil stole, here's the word, (laughs) I was waiting for it, everything that the devil has stolen last year, he will pay sevenfold this year. I I believe that's a word. You say, well, I believe it for me. He is a liar, and if a thief is caught, he's got to pay back. Father, we receive it in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for a glorious, glorious year. Blessed year, 
Psalm 91 just brands over our hearts, over our homes, over our vehicles. All the miles that we will travel this year up and down the highway on airplanes and any other form, every mile, your presence will be with us. Come on, church. We drive so much here. I speak covenant protection over your family. No weapon formed against this church or its people will prosper in the name of Jesus. Any tongue that is raised in judgment shall be condemned. We are the heritage of the Lord. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. The Lord takes us from victory to victory. I can do all things through Jesus Christ, which infuses his inner strength to me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or lack anything in 2023. He sets a table for me in the presence of my enemies. (laughs) I am blessed. You are blessed. Glory to God. Come on, church, give him praise this morning. That was good. Glory to God. I received that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Wow. You may be seated. Better close my iPad because I can't stop preaching if I see it open. Well, you guys get something out of that? You encourage us? You know, make some corrections right now before the, before the day is over. You know, you got all Sunday afternoon. You know, the Cowboys aren't playing, so you got nothing else to do. Get your list out. Say, Lord, I'm going to take this very seriously. Believe that every month comes with a blessing. How about that? Every month comes with a blessing. Glory to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right, so the last thing I want to do this morning, of course, is, you know, I've always thought, this is just me, when you talk about firsts, you know, first Sunday, and the Bible talks a lot about first, seek first the kingdom of God, that there's always something about the first offering, first fruits. You know, this morning, as, as you look into what you would like God to do in the area of your finances, and I'm very careful with this because I'm not on that tangent, that crazy stuff, but I, I do believe God is a God of prosperity, but he's a God of purpose. And don't ever talk about prosperity without purpose. If you, if you take purpose out of prosperity, you're going to go off the deep end. You'll get crazy. And there's a lot of crazy preachers because they took purpose out. And they talk a lot about money, but there's no purpose. So all they talk about is bigger houses, more cars, more stuff. Trust me, I got enough junk. I don't need any more stuff. I want money to bless people. I want money to get our job done in Cuba. Are you with me? I want this church to be prosperous, not because I want to live a grand, grandest lifestyle, I want this church to have influence. And I'm telling you, as as mundane as it sounds, one of the greatest things a church can have in influence is in the area of their finances. So here's here's what I always do. It's easy for me to pick up an offering, but my goal is for you to prosper. That's not my goal is not to pick up an offering because I I figured this out. If and I pray for you, trust me, I pray for every one of your else prosperity. Because I figured this out. You know, if our church is prospering and they have a heart to God and they have a heart to missions, we'll get done whatever we need to get done. Versus if I just sit here and teach you about give, 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 give. Yeah, that's fine, and it's Bible. But more than give, we should talk about generosity, right? Seek inside this morning. Let this offering be significant. You know, I mean, I'm not talking about size. Because one of the biggest, the most significant offerings was the lady with the two mites. Remember that? She got a memorial built around her. But it's the heart behind it. Sow a seed this morning with that heart. Say, Lord, Lord, I sow this seed knowing that 2023 is going to be a year of God on my life, a year of God on my family. I'm not buying favor. I'm not buying miracles. But I believe 
that this is my first fruits offering for 2023. And I sow it with joy, I sow it with honor, and I sow it with respect towards you. Amen? Try that this morning. You know, pray about it a little bit. Say, Lord, what would, you know, if you're with your husband, your wife, ask them, you know, say, what do you, maybe you're not, maybe you weren't ready. Say, you know what, let's go home and pray about it. You can bring your first fruit offering next week, you know. But really consider this thing. You know, I, I do this. I do this every year. Um, you know, I, I look into areas of my life, and I say, financially, I can do this for the glory of God. But there's also things that God will ask for offerings. Sometimes it's not money. Sometimes it's just your heart. Get ready to give that too. You know? Think about that. So, Father, we thank you this morning. As we close our service and we look into 2023 with this excitement, Father, that this offering, this very first offering of this year, the people online that are getting ready to give, the people in-house that are getting ready to give, Father, we don't look at numbers, Father. You know, we need numbers, obviously. But it's the heart behind it. That this is the first fruits offering. This is the, the offering that sets the tone. That, Father, we come to you like David. Who are we and who are this people, Lord, from what you have given us? We get to give it back to you, Lord. What an honor, Father. We pray that this church, 2023, will be financially secure, that we'll pay all of our obligations, whichever ones may be, that we will have the money needed for the missions. We will have the money needed for everything we do. And it will never be an issue. I thank you, Holy Spirit, and I speak prosperity over everyone here. And, Father, till I see them again, and next week, Father, I declare the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Go with them wherever they go. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Go ahead and stand and show yourself friendly to somebody. You are dismissed. If you have a paper-giving offering, there is a bucket by the door. And, of course, online instructions are on the screen. Again, thank you guys for coming, and we'll see you all next Sunday.